Chauncey Applegate broadcasting to you live from the Purple Street Studios at Jollyville Radio, KJVR. Welcome to another episode of Spoopy the Boop and Chauncey in the Morning, the show that talks about anything but usually means nothing. And I'm your co-host, Spoopy the Boop. I'm really excited about what we've got prepared for our show today, and we hope that you'll enjoy it. Now, before we get started, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Steely, steely, durable, durable, interlocking, interlocking. Introducing the all-new line of luxury tent poles from the designer Robert Cheerful. Pitch a tent. Everybody, I'm Regan Burr and I love curling. Like my husband Todd Burr, world bronze medalist, always says curling is a slippery game. So newbies, make sure you're safe out there, but try curling and have fun. You're listening to Jollyville Radio on KJVR. Thank you, sponsors. In today's show, Spoopy and I are going to talk about the absolutely fascinating subject of entomology. Yes, I've really been looking forward to this, Chauncey. It should be great fun. I'm going to start right in with the word otolaryngology, which is the name for a surgical subspecialty that deals with the surgical and medical management of conditions of the head and neck. This word is of particular interest to me since my recent surgery to remove a cyst from my vocal cords. I'm sure you've noticed the change in my voice. Anyway, like everything that we talk about on our show, Chauncey, somehow the word otolaryngology is controversial. There's a group of academics that insists the correct word is actually otorhinolaryngology, and they say that there's very strong support for that based on the origin of the Greek words os, rhina, larynx, and logos. Well, that's a really fascinating, Spooby, and I'm very glad your surgery went so well. But what does that have to do with insects, which is the subject we agreed on for today's show? Insects? What are you talking about, Chauncey? We clearly agreed that today's topics would be etymology, the study of words. No, Spoopy, we very clearly agreed on entomology, the study of insects. Bugs? Why on earth would you think our listeners would want to hear about bugs, Chauncey? Honestly, sometimes I just can't understand the way you think. Insects are fascinating, Spoopy. They're everywhere. They come in all shapes and sizes and do a huge amount of beneficial work for us. In fact, you and I probably wouldn't even be alive without them. Well, whatever you say, Chauncey. But I've come prepared to talk about a bunch of interesting words, not a bunch of creepy crawlies. How are we even going to do the show? I guess I'll just have to talk about insects, and you'll just have to talk about words. Yeah, I guess so, Chauncey. Hey, two shows for the price of one. Our listeners should be happy about that. Well, I've done my first word already, so what's your first bug then? Oof, don't call them bugs, Spoopy. It's so pejorative and dismissive. Okay, Chauncey, what's your first insect then? Butterflies, Spoopy. I'm sure even you can appreciate the incredible beauty in butterfly wing patterns. I guess you got a point there, Chauncey. Well, did you know that the incredible colors in butterfly wings don't come from pigments? They actually come from the way the butterflies arrange the atoms in their wings to form photonic crystals. 
The crystals break up light into colors, kind of like tiny prisms. That's why the colors don't fade, even after a butterfly dies. We, clever humans, only figured out how to make materials like that a few years ago, but the butterflies have been doing it for tens of millions of years. Wow, that's pretty awesome, Chauncey. But just because there's a few cool bugs, it doesn't mean I have to like them all. <sighs> Fine, Spoopy. What's your next word? My next word is Nimrod, Chauncey, and don't make me use it on you. So most people probably know that by calling someone a Nimrod, you're basically saying they're inept. So would you believe that the origin of the word actually means skillful hunter? Which is quite a compliment. So then, how did it come to mean pretty much the opposite? Believe it or not, it happened in an episode of Looney Tunes, when Bugs Bunny sarcastically called Elmer Fudd a Nimrod. The sarcastic definition just kind of stuck from then on. Yikes. There's a lesson in be careful what you say. No kidding. <laughs> I wonder what word meanings we've inadvertently changed with our show. What's your next bug? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, insect. Bees, Spoopy. You won't believe how amazing they are. I know how amazingly painful it is when they sting you. Well, there is that, but they do a lot of good, too. They're essential for pollinating many of our most important food crops, and they give us delicious honey, which has powerful antimicrobial properties. Bees are also celestial navigators. They can locate themselves using the sun. They can see ultraviolet light, and they can communicate directions and distance to their hive mates using a sophisticated waggle dance. Pretty awesome, if you ask me. Oh, well, I, I guess I did kind of ask you. But I'll tell you something that's awesome to me, and that's the origin of the word whiskey. It's actually short for the original whiskey bay, which can trace its origins to the Old English uskube. And that word is derived from two Gaelic words, ishka, meaning water, and bithyu, meaning life. So whiskey literally translates to water of life. That's something we can both appreciate for sure, Spoopy. And speaking of appreciation, I definitely want to mention the jewel beetle. It has unbelievably shiny wings in various stunning colors. Every time I see one, I just can't help but spend a few minutes staring to try to see my reflection. Oh, Chauncey, not the reflections again. Well, on the subject of time, I have a fun word, circadian, which means something that repeats over approximately 24 hours. It's one of those words that seems like it must be really old, but surprisingly didn't even exist until 1959. It comes from the Latin circa, meaning about, and dies, meaning day. Oh, that sounds like one of my favorite insects, the cicada. Are they related? Well, you might think so, but I happen to know that the name of those disgusting critters is just Latin for tree cricket. Ugh, I hate them. Not you too, Spoopy. The media is just demonizing these wonderful insects so they can sell copy. The Brood X cicada emergence is one of the true miracles of nature. They're absolutely harmless. Beneficial, even. Hang on, Chauncey. Frankie's telling me that we have a breaking story coming in from the traffic chopper. This is Julia Stonewash in the KJVR helicopter high above Jollyville with a breaking fantastic traffic report. The Jollycop Highway is closed in both directions at the edge of town as wreckers are clearing debris from a multi-car pileup. Apparently, a large slippery spot has developed on the highway from the crushed bodies of cicadas emerging and trying to crawl across the road. We're hearing that miraculously there were no injuries, but traffic is backed up far in both directions, so you'll want to avoid the area for at least several hours. Kind of shocking. 
but you shouldn't jump to conclusions based on a single freak incident. The periodic cicada emergence is a food boon to all kinds of creatures. Great Sorry, Chauncey. Now we've got our field reporter, Kitty Westlake, on the line from the Healthy Hike Loop Trail. What's happening, Kitty? Oh, Spoopy, I've just finished talking with a breathless and utterly terrified jogger who was attacked by an angry mob of squirrels. I tell you, squirrels. He was passing a large oak tree when he noticed it was full, just chock full of cicadas. There were hundreds of squirrels around the base, gnashing on the fallen carcasses. He thinks them squirrels figured he was going to try to hold in on the action, so they came right after him. He got a few scrapes and bruises when he scrambled down a steep embankment in order to escape, but fortunately no serious injuries. Now this is just starting to sound too far-fetched. Squirrels attacking people? Surely the jogger was just a little high-strung, with a vivid imagination. Uh, <clears throat> Hang on, Chauncey. Jollyville Animal Control has just given us an urgent public safety announcement for immediate release. It says, <clears throat> The public is requested to avoid all areas within 100 feet of the lakeshore until further notice. This is due to numerous verified reports of large congregations of venomous copperhead snakes. The copperheads are very sluggish as a result of being engorged with cicadas but they are nonetheless capable of delivering a very painful bite that can cause considerable local tissue damage. Jollyville Animal Control will issue an update advisory once it is safe to return again to lakeshore areas. Snake congregation, Spoopy? Really, this is just overblown sensationalism that distracts us from appreciating one of nature's most astonishing events. Maybe, Chauncey, but all of this has got me kind of spooked. You just need to forget about it and relax, Spoopy. Say, didn't you manage to get a couple of those precious concert tickets for that new Brood X band tonight? Yeah, I did. It's at the big new outdoor Jollyville Sportsplex Arena. See, now there's a good thing from the cicadas. They inspired the band's name. Yeah, I, I guess so, Chauncey. Maybe I'm overreacting. Oh, hang on. Aw, oh, crap, I just got a text message saying the concert has been canceled because of the shrill buzzing from the millions of cicadas surrounding the venue. <gasps> oh, no! Chauncey, what's that crawling up your leg? Ah, they're coming in under the door. Attention, this is KJVR Security. The Purple Street Studios have been breached by cicadas. Remain calm. They're messing up my hairdo. In the unlikely event of a cicada sighting, call the front desk and a KJVR security agent will be with you momentarily. They're trying to get into my eyes! I think I see Harry Lachette. It looks like he's, he's, he's playing a whistle? Oh, 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 follow me, my pretties. Follow me. Uh, that was close. Are you okay, Spoopy? Mm, beneficial cicadas, huh? Yeah, I'm okay, I guess. Definitely too close for comfort. Maybe it's a good thing that the concert was cancelled after all. Where do you think Harry led them all the way to? We may never know. Do you think he's gonna be okay? Oh, you ask if Harry is okay, but you're not concerned about my hairdo?
John C., this is radio. Well, on that note, thanks for tuning in to another exciting and extremely unpredictable episode of Spoopy the Boop and Chauncey in the Morning. I'm your host, Chauncey Applegate, here with my co-host, Spoopy the Boop, signing off until next time. Jollyville Radio sends a shout out to Fort Greeley, Alaska, population 144. How y'all doing? Hi, we're all Antonio and his imaginary friends, and you're listening to Charville Radio, KJVR. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Um, This is Emily Amsnick, and no, I am not Uncle Asar, uh, but we're going to do Community Beat. I'm subbing in for him, and yeah, so this is great. So we have Regan Burr of the Lupus Research Foundation out of Minnesota joining us today, and we're so excited to hear about her work and kind of what she's doing and how it ties in with curling of all sorts. Regan, if you could tell us a little bit about your organization and kind of what you do. Well, sure. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Emily, and thank you so much for having me today. Well, curling, who who would have ever thought? Um, we raise money for our foundation, which is called the Lupus Research Foundation, through a pro-am for curling, which has become the largest of its kind in the world. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so much fun. So what it is, is we fly in uh, Skips, which is the leader of the curling team from all over the world, including China, Korea, and the UK, to come and play with our amateur curlers. Yeah. And the amateurs, you know, they could be real new curlers or they could be people who have been curling for 40 years. It's just uh, the pros we bring in are people who have won a national championship. So um, the amateurs have a chance to raise money or pay to play with these pros. So for those of us, uh, well, I mean, I grew up watching curling on the Olympics um, because it's such a great sport. Could you provide like a quick overview of what the sport is for those who may not be like used to or have heard of curling before? Well, sure. So it's a game on ice and you're on a sheet that's about 14 feet wide by 150 feet long. And you're pushing this 40 pound granite stone down the ice all the way to the end. And you're aiming for a big circle, which is like a bullseye. You know, it's concentric circles and we call it the house. So however many rocks you end up with closer to the middle than your opponents is however many you score. But yeah, the trick is if you can imagine you're pushing out from a hack, like a starting block position in a lunge, and you're trying to keep your balance and have some strength and get the rock to the other end of the, of the sheet. So it involves a lot of balance and strength and uh, just agility. It's a really fun sport. You're kind of playing with other people, but you're, you know, you're competing with yourself because you want to, you want to do a good job and, and try and make shots. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, the lunging and the, the being the steady and the sweeping, if you haven't, if the, you know, for those of you yeah. who've seen it, the sweeping before the stone is the most entertaining part. Um, <laughs> love That's that. true. <laughs> and it involves a lot of yelling. So it's great if you can get some family members out, you know, get out your frustrations. I'm kidding. It's a lot of fun. And we always say it's a friendly competition. Nice. That's awesome. So do you use curling as a fundraiser? Like kind of how, what's the tie between, you know, other than just this pro-am and the Lupus Research Foundation? Well, great question. You know, I don't get asked that a lot. How did this come together? Well, my passions are, I grew up in Canada and I grew up curling. I love curling. I love to curl. And when I first got sick with lupus, um, well, actually it was a few years after I finished some pretty heavy duty treatment 
I was invited and I lived in Colorado to curl. And so I got out on the ice and I just kind of rediscovered this beautiful passion I had had since childhood and got together with all these friends and played a game. And then, you know, you have broom stacking after the game, which is you sit around and visit and the winning team buys the losing team or the team that came in second, uh, the first round of drinks, even if it's just a hot chocolate, you sit around and socialize. So, um, it was a few years after that, that I finally was able to um, get the, the input that I needed. I met and married my wonderful husband, Todd Burr, and he is a world bronze medalist. So he oh, won. Oh, no national, big deal. Okay. Right? I know. Yeah. That people are like, oh, Todd Burr, you know, and I'm like, ooh, now I'm married to him. I really like this. But uh, yeah, I like and love my husband and he's an excellent curler and a fun coach, just fun to be around and play with. There's nobody else I'd love to curl with more. And so as soon as we both were in Minnesota, I actually was living in another state and uh, he moved me out to Minnesota. Um, I'm like, I really want to start this pro-am for curling. And he's like, okay, let's do it. Here's what you do. He knew how to create the draw. He knew all the players, you know, people in the world know his name because of his uh, participation in worlds and all his years of curling. So with Todd, I was able to, we together were able to create this thing and you know, pretty soon it took off. Um, in our first year, I think we we brought in $24,000. And then in our last year, which was only six iterations later, we brought in 190. So Whoa, yeah, it was, awesome. it's grown and it's so much fun and people love it. And we love the people. Um, and it's thanks to the power of all those amateurs who raise money to play with these these pros that we are able to to make this money and donate to research. Awesome. So explain a little bit about kind of what lupus is and what research is being done to kind of better understand it. And, you know, maybe any other updates or things that people should know about. Um, sure. Well, there is big news and thank you. So lupus is an autoimmune disease. Your body mistakenly attacks healthy tissue. So for me, it attacked my kidneys. And so then you need immune suppressing medication. Uh, and right now there is only one dedicated lupus drug on the market. So otherwise, like I personally am still on prednisone and Plaquenil, which is hydroxychloroquine. We heard about that on the news all of last year. And in the beginning, I was on a pretty heavy duty uh, immunosuppressant. I was on chemo, a breast cancer chemo called cyclophosphamide uh, or cytoxin. And it did its job. It, it, you know, reduced the immune system. So technically I went into remission. My lab work was pretty good, but I still felt pretty crummy. So it took a lifestyle change to really get back into it. So that's a long struggle to try and win your life back when, you know, I'm lucky. I'm the exception and not the rule. Most people who get such a severe involvement, you know, they might not reach long-term remission. They might not survive. Lupus is a life-threatening disease. And the trick with lupus is diagnosis. So Here's where something amazing has come up. Our primarily funded researcher, Dr. Timothy Newald, and he's the Colton Center, he's the director of the Colton Center for Autoimmunity out at NYU Langone. He recently discovered a grouping of genes that can be highly predictive for severe lupus. So if you would have been a person like me walking into his clinic back in the day, I would have said, I don't feel good. And he would have said, oh, you might have a couple of symptoms of lupus. Um, let's give you this test and see if you have this gene grouping. And it's so predictive that um, once you find out you have the gr- gene grouping, and this will be placed in the clinic pretty soon, uh, now there's an opportunity to potentially do some preventative treatment. 
So this is huge news. I mean, it, it's all early, but it's all going to be coming out really quick. But it looks like you might be able to stamp out lupus before it even manifests. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Science is so cool. <laughs> Science but, is so cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and this is all thanks to his work in genetics. So, you know, when I got diagnosed, there was nothing like this on, on the horizon. And now really this is a game changer. Awesome. That's really cool. That's Thanks. awesome. Um, so anything else that we should know about the research or any fun curling stories or anything like that, that you'd love to share? <laughs> well, sure. Okay. So if people would like to, you know, uh, contribute towards Dr. Neewald's research, uh, shoot us an email, send me a text. Uh, you can donate on our website, letscurelupus.org. Just use the donate button on the upper right-hand side. And for who, whoever's listening to this podcast, if you can send a donation, we will donate that 100% to research. So please reach out to me. We're always looking for people too who want to help and maybe, you know, contribute in other ways with ideas or thoughts or questions or comments. Please just give us a call. Um, and yeah, we've got a golf tournament coming up. It's called Four Lupus, July 24th. And we have an online curling tournament called Alpaca. Um, and that's going to be June 25 and 26. And then we have a lupus spiel coming up, which, and that's that big pro-am event uh, in December. So keep an eye out for the dates for that. That's awesome. So if anyone wants to sign up for the spiel or wants, can people just come if they're in the area and they want to just observe or, you know, you know absolutely. That's a good idea. Of course. Yeah. There's always a wonderful spectator audience for that. It, it attracts people from all over North America. So everybody is welcome. All levels are welcome. And uh, yeah, just reach out to us on the website. It's all there. This was great. Well, thank you so much, Regan. This was awesome. It was so great to learn about the Lupus Research Foundation and the Pro-Am and everything you're doing um, up in Minnesota. So thank you so much for spending your time with us. Thank you, Emily. And thank you, Michael. This was a joy. Uh, So happy to be here with you on your awesome podcast. So all the best. Good curling. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Community Beat on Jollyville Radio, KJVR. And be a chip and roll. Go out and be a small change that can have a huge impact. Thanks for listening. These episodes of Jollyville Radio were created by Uncle Asara Kebulon, Emily Antonick, Michael Croso, Michelle Darcy, Jamie Davis, Richard Dayrees, Brian Green, Pilar Kep, Zach Cronish, Robert Leary, Thomas Schlitt, J.B. Skirlock, K.Y.'s Denty, and Elijah York. Special thanks to Bob Don of Bob Short Story Hour and Hidden Oaks Podcast, and Antonio Delgado of the band O Antonio and his imaginary friends. Direction and music by Michael Croza with editing help by Richard Davies and social media help from Emily Ansonek. The recording was made in accordance with social distancing. Jollyville Radio is a product of Jollyville Brass Quintet, member of Austin Creative Alliance, and the Pizza Rice Podcasting Collaborative. We are based in Austin, Texas. If you're enjoying Jollyville Radio, consider supporting us with a monthly pledge. You can get fun prizes depending on your donation level. Just go to patreon.com backslash Jollyville Radio. You can also support Jollyville by buying a sticker from our website, leaving a review or comment on your podcast platform of choice, or by sharing Jollyville Radio with a friend. The credits were read by the writers of episodes 222 through 225. They are Uncle Asar Akabalon, 
Emily Ansonek, Michael Crosa, Brian Green, Clark Kep, and KY's Denti. We'll see you next time on Jollyville Radio. And you guys are welcome too. We teach you how to curl yeah. a movie. I was going to say, I have wanted to learn. Um, my, the undergrad I went to had a pretty well ranked program and a class that you could take really? it into. Oh, um, <laughs> that's so cool. And where yeah. was that? Uh, Bowling Green State University in oh, Ohio. Fantastic. Yeah. Yes. A lot of great curlers out there and great people. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I didn't do it that much in university either. I took a break after high school, but I'm so glad I jumped back in. So I definitely recommend it. I always say it's easy to get going. It's hard to get good. But once you start, it's really hard, hard to stop. Proud member of the Podnougan Network.